At his trial, shortly before he is crucified, Jesus asserts to the Roman governor, Pilate, that for this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. To which Pilate dismissively replies, what is truth? Pilate's response is remarkably postmodern and one which resonates with some of the concerns of postmodernist thinkers. What is truth? Can we really claim anything as truth? As one first century thinker put it, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. Again, a thoroughly postmodern view. Everything's a matter of perspective. None of us has access to the truth. All truth is relative. Hamlet offers us a similar perspective on this, which is to affirm that truth is what we experience internally. His profound grief at the loss of his father is what he wants to affirm as true. But this truth, Hamlet asserts, is only accessible by looking inside a person. It can't be judged by externals. Again, this resonates with a contemporary postmodern view of life. Truth is what is true to you, and no one else can dictate that for you. You can only find it within yourself. Hence, as the title of one book expresses it, in our postmodern age, truth is stranger than it used to be. And any attempt to impose a meta-narrative, to offer an overarching story that determines truth for us, any such attempt should be resisted. Thus, contemporary postmodern gurus will tell you. The danger of this road is that it can lead us down a blind alley of destruction. We can end up justifying the invasion of our neighbor on the basis of the truth according to our ethnic perception, seen in the Russian annexation of Crimea and other parts of Ukraine. Or we can end up justifying the destruction of artifacts of early civilization and the genocide of whole communities based on seeing the truth as revealed in our interpretation of a holy text, as seen in the war being waged by ISIS in the Middle East. Or we can find ourselves closing the doors on those in need who are fleeing the violence, based on seeing our true responsibility lying only to the citizens of our own country, as we see happening across Europe, in Macedonia, Slovenia, Austria, and indeed here in the UK. What all these point to is that, left to our own devices, the inclinations of the human heart are inherently violent and self-asserting at the expense of others. What the Christian gospel challenges us to face is that there is indeed an overarching story, a meta-narrative that truthfully describes the human predicament. 
This is a truth which is revealed to us by God and set out in the scriptures passed down to us through our Jewish and Christian forebears. These scriptures testify to the truth that the human race has rebelled against God. We've all turned our backs on God's intent for us in creation. We've all rejected God's plan for us to live in communion with him, with one another, and with God's good creation. Through our participation in that rebellion and rejection, we find ourselves enslaved to sin, prone to violence, bound to futility, and despite our very best efforts, powerless to save ourselves from our predicament. This is a, a rather depressing truth to have to swallow, and hence a truth that we resist, that we're tempted to reject. But the good news is that this is not the whole story. As the scriptures also reveal, the bigger truth is that God is attentive to our cries of desperation, that God meets us in our need, that God intervenes in history to turn our bondage into freedom. God demonstrates this through the deliverance of Israel from the oppressive hand of Egypt in the Exodus. God shows this through the deliverance of Israel from the trauma of exile at the hands of the Babylonians. And God's love for humanity gone astray is shown supremely in the Father sending his Son, Jesus Christ, to live among us, to suffer with us, to die for us on the cross. And through Jesus' resurrection, to share with us his victory over death and sin, extending the invitation to join him in the eternal feast in heaven. So on its own, the truth of our rebellion and abandonment of God is more than we could bear. It could all too easily drive us to despair, which is why John in his gospel emphasizes that Jesus is the bringer not just of truth, but also of grace. God in Jesus cuts to the quick of our pretensions and self-delusions, but he also reveals in full the undeserved yet unstinting love of God. God does not hold back or keep a distance from us, despite our rejecting him. Instead, God enters fully into our existence and takes upon himself the full consequences of our rebellion, overcoming them in the cross. If we're going to be able to embrace the truth of this story, then I think we are going to need to find new ways to indwell, to inhabit the story set out for us in the Bible, so that we find the story becomes our story, discovering it to be a story that is essentially true. This is a journey of living with the text in such a way that we understand that the biblical story is at the heart a story is at heart a story about us, about each one of us. As one scholar puts it, in every generation, this text subverts all our old readings of reality and forces us to a new, dangerous, obedient reading. I'm suggesting that at its most fundamental level, the biblical story offers us an encounter with the truth.
This is not a safe or easy story. It's a story which will disrupt and disorient us, but which also provides the resources to live a faithful, if risky, life, following the one who is the truth. As Jesus affirms elsewhere in John's Gospel, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free.